Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So fantastic. This morning we started speaking about together. I believe that the word of my heart for 2021 is together, everyone, everywhere. Obviously, we've seen a great explosion in this church in the last year, not only online, by the way, but people in all of the services. Uh, For the last several months, new people coming every single service. I've met many of them. And there's a whole lot of things that are going to be happening in 2021 because we feel like together, everyone, everywhere is not a theme. It's certainly not a slogan. It's really God's mission and focus for us for 2021. Get the message of that. It's on the uh, on uh, YouTube on Metro Church WA. If you missed it this morning, you can go back there and be a part of that service. But tonight I want to speak fairly quickly and briefly and then pray with people for whom this subject has become maybe a stumbling block for you as you begin to move into 2021. Let's go to Genesis chapter 40, just one verse. 40 verse 23 of Genesis. Just a few words, it says this. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. This was a man who owed really his career and the restoration of it to this Hebrew young man who's in prison for a crime he did not commit. And Joseph correctly interprets his dream. And the last thing he hears from Joseph is this, remember me, I'm here. He tells him the story. Remember me when you get out of here, when you are again close to Pharaoh, would you remember me? And then we read this verse, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. We can only imagine the depth of disappointment that Joseph must have felt. After all that he's been through, his one hope of freedom. Nobody else seems to care in that place. He's just another forgotten prisoner who really doesn't matter much at all. His last hope of justice for his life now seems gone. Tonight I want to speak to you about disappointment but not from the perspective perhaps that you may be used to hearing about it, as though somehow or other disappointment is a sign of weakness in your life. Let me begin by saying this to you, that I believe that disappointment is not failure. I believe that it's not a failure to experience disappointment in your life. Your disappointment is a sign that your spirit was strong that you had hope in your life. And can I say to you that if you had hope, that means you can have it again. One of my favourite passages out of the book of Job, who went through so much trial and so much misunderstanding. Verse 7 says this, For there is hope for a tree, if it's cut down, that it will sprout again, that its tender shoots won't cease, though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, yet at the scent of water it will bud and will bring forth branches like a plant. There is hope for a tree. 
Can I say to you tonight that regardless of what 2020 looked like, or 2019 or 2018, for I'm not limiting this to some current events that may have happened. Maybe you went through a painful breakdown in a marriage or relationship years ago, and somehow or other, the disappointment that that brought to your life has hung around you like a dark cloud that seems to colour every thought that comes into your mind. All you can think about is that which you've lost. Maybe it's a business failure somewhere along the way. The dream that you so hoped would would flourish and that you could have a different life. And somehow or other, that never took place either. Joseph knows what it's like to have disappointment. But disappointment is not a failure. Hope cannot, though, work alone. Hope needs to have some partners for hope to become something strong in your life. And I want to give these to you tonight, along with a bunch of Bible verses that you can take a hold of, write them down. I encourage you always make notes of the preaching, not just of what the preacher says, but of what the Holy Spirit will underline to you. And get that and go over it again. The Word of the Lord will come to you because God wants to take your life out of where you are and into somewhere greater. I believe that for every single person that's a part of this service, no matter where you are, I believe that God's got a great plan for your life. God never got you saved so that you could struggle. God never brought you to Christ so that you could fail. God has grabbed a hold of your life Why? Because He's got some great plans for your life, wants you to be a part of something great and significant. But if you're going to have that, then disappointment cannot become your live-in companion. It can't be the thing that dwells in your life forever from this point on, that prevents you ever rising again and saying, God, I'll have hope. You've got to be like the tree, that even though the root is cut off, even though the stump seems to have no life in it, yet at the scent of water, even just the smell of that makes this thing rise up again and brings life and hope to it. So here's the thing that you've got to have in your life. I think it's the one that we all struggle with the most. The most, it's certainly the one that I've got to continually work on in my life. I'm no different to you. I don't have some kind of, you know, great pipeline to God other than the name of Jesus that you have. And so I know that as a human and as a leader, sometimes there are disappointments that come in life. And I find that the thing I need the most is right perspective in my life. I need to get a correct perspective of what's going on. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 6. This is the disciples after the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now watch what he says. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. You can see a perspective shift. See, they're locked on to one goal. They're locked on to one narrow definition of what the kingdom is. And Jesus says, let me give you a shift. 
He says, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. But that's not it. But I'm about to tell you what it is. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. He shifts perspective to these people who are hoping for a natural answer, the end of Roman domination. And Jesus shifts it from that and says, guess what? It was never about that. It's about a kingdom that has no end. He said, you will receive power. It's not about out there. It's about in here. Can I tell you the greatest perspective shift you'll ever make in your life? is the one that will get before God and say, God, it's not about what they did, they said, He said, they did. I've spent the last couple of days with one of my grandchildren. Yes, I'm a granddad. And uh, one of them was getting quite upset and I said, let granddad give you a lesson. They looked at me and they said, do I have to? I said, oh, yes, you do. I said, let me give you a lesson. And they said, yeah, but... And they'll tell me all this stuff that someone had said and someone didn't say and why this, whatever. I said, stop there. Listen to granddad. Do I have to? I said, yeah, you do because I'm your granddad. Why do I have to listen? I said, because it's going to help you for life. Now, this is a child. We're talking about someone who's is under 10, all right? But, you know, kids are smart and they can pick stuff up. And so I said to this, this child, here's the word. It's the word perspective. They said, what does that mean? I said, perspective is the way you see things. They said, yeah, but I go, hold on a second here. Do you really think what that person said about you is the most important thing in your life? And they went, oh, probably not. Probably not. And I go, let's get a right perspective. You know, almost every day, sometimes a few times a day, I kept saying to this little one, remember, it's perspective. They flew out this afternoon and as we were taking them and their luggage in to check in, this little one says to me, Granddad, how do you remember about perspective? And I hadn't started the conversation again. She'd remembered it. Why? I said, because it's so important. If you've got a distorted perspective, everything you see gets tinged and coloured by that perspective that you're carrying around about. See, Joseph just wants to get out of jail, but God had a different perspective. God is looking for someone who will be prime minister over a country so that one man can bring his family of 70 and that out of the 70 over the years will grow into millions of people that he will take out of the land of Egypt. See, God had a plan a lot, listen to me, God had a plan a lot longer than the one Joseph had. All Joseph wanted to see was the prison door from the outside. What God wanted to see was a nation being formed out of the obedience of one man. Can you hear what I'm saying tonight? Because so many of us, we're all about our now and God's saying, no, you aren't seeing far enough. Or we're all about our restriction and God goes, dude, don't you understand? I can fix that in a day. But what I can't fix in a day is what you see on the inside. 
Come on, are you here tonight? What God is looking at is what am I carrying around inside of me? What's the perspective? You'll never get rid of disappointment without a shift of perspective in your life. Unless you are able to, to see it from God's perspective. Joseph just wants out of prison. All he wants to do is get released to go home. He doesn't understand that God is about to bring home to him. That the people who've rejected him are going to come and bow before him. Come on, I know that I'm speaking tonight to somebody in this place or online. I know I'm speaking to somebody here and you've got it all mixed up. You're looking at it and going, that's never going to happen. Wow, God, why am I going through all this difficulty? God, why is the road so hard? Why is the journey so difficult? God, come on, God, hello. God, how about a breakthrough? And the Lord's saying, just wait, child. Just wait, I've got this. I've got this. You need to have the right perspective. Let me give you a phrase that came to me just this week. Don't sacrifice greatness to a small perspective. I pray that that'll linger in your heart for a minute. Don't sacrifice greatness. What if what God has for you is great? What if what God wants to do through your life is extraordinary? But because of your narrow perspective, I wonder what would have happened if someone had come to Joseph in the prison yard and said, now that you're the kind of quasi ruler of the jail, we've got a great escape plan. Do you know, sometimes opportunities come to short circuit what God is doing. But if you short circuit them, you not only miss out on what God had, usually you end up with being in a worse place than you were before. Lot looked down at the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah and he saw that the land was fertile. And the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. That was his perspective. The next thing you read about him, he's at the gate of Sodom. The next thing you read about him, he's living in Sodom. The end of Lot with his wrong perspective was that he went to a, a place that the name of it means dry and barren. Come on, I, I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight. I don't know your life. No one's given me a, a resume of your past. But I know that there are people here and the pressure and the temptation is to kind of push you into a narrow perspective. Hold your course. Don't sacrifice greatness to a small perspective. Here's the second thing that hope needs if it's going to blossom again, if disappointment is going to be a small page in my history and not the lens through which I view my future, the second thing I need is endurance. And I can hear someone groaning going, oh, here we go again. How many people here are tired of endurance or tired of hearing about it? Come on, you can be honest in church. Isn't that right? Sometimes we kind of go like, I'm, I'm tired of hanging on. You know, I, I really, I, what I want is an answer. I, hello, me four. Amen. I'll stick my hand up and be honest. Uh, you know, Genesis 41 verse 1 follows on from 40, 23, obviously. And you kind of go, he got forgotten. And then it gets worse. Genesis 41 verse 1, then it came to pass at the end of 2, 4. What? 
at the end of two full years? Like, hello? I've fixed my perspective. But God, if I fix my perspective, will you give me the miracle tonight? God, if I fix my perspective, can I have it this week? How childlike we often are in the wrong things and how childlike we often aren't in the things that God prizes. At the end of two full years, that's, if you haven't figured it out, that's uh, 730 days. 730 days is a long time. Every day doing the same old thing, carrying around your roster chart, doing the banal things that your job requires, every day walking past the prison gates and wondering what's on the other side and what happened to that rotten so-and-so butler. You know, and God, where are you? And you never get a letter from home. 730 days of that. Psalm 23 is one of my favourites if you haven't worked it out yet. Verse 5 and 6 of it, this is the message version. You served me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revived my drooping head, my cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. The only tragic bit about verse 5 and 6 is that the only way to verse 5 is through verse 4. If you don't know verse 4, I'll quote it to you in the King James. says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm kind of like going, Hello, I would like to do not pass go. You know, I, I want to get around there fast. Message version says, Even when the way goes through death valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. I go, Good for you. I didn't feel like that. Disappointment literally means the prefix dis, D-I-S, means away from. It means to be away from appointment. And can I say, listen to me, disappointment will always take you away from God's appointment for your life. Hello. Disappointment will take you away from God's appointment. I've got a diary down there. I'm, I'm up with the tech, but I'm a troglodyte. I'm a Luddite. I'm old fashioned when it comes to diaries. I want something that I can pull out and see the year at a glance. And I write things in there that are my appointments. And disappointment is when the date comes and goes and the thing never happened. Disappointment takes you away from the appointment God has. God's got a schedule. He's got a calendar. It just may not be the same as mine. This is an encouraging message, isn't it? But I hope it'll be helpful because I've watched many people over the years and seeing that disappointment that's unchecked. Disappointment is a specific thing, a specific moment, a thing that you are hoping for. If that's unchecked, it always leads to disillusionment. Disillusionment is not a specific thing, it's general. So you meet people who go, oh, you know, the church, all men, all women, all kids, all young people, all whatever. And they've encountered one disappointment. Hello, if I say car salesman, insurance salesman, energy people who ring you. Place is very quiet now. 
people get disillusioned with all kinds of stuff, and the reason isn't because their disillusionment is real or accurate, rather. It's because they allowed disappointment to bleed out over everything. And so now that specific thing gets forgotten, and now I'm just disillusioned generally. Disillusionment that's unchecked leads to distance. So you watch people, they start slowly but surely putting a gap between them and the people that God's put in their life. Well, you know, I just don't fit. I don't know, I I, I don't know, I don't know, something's changed. I just don't feel part of it anymore. Whenever I hear someone say that, I know that disappointment continued into disillusionment. Now it's become distance. And if distance isn't halted, it always ends up in disconnection. There's a verse, I've thought about it all last year, where Paul writes and says this, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And yet in two epistles, Demas is commended for being a faithful co-worker. And I go, how do you do that? How do you go from being, I'm with the great apostle Paul, hello, he heard things from God, not lawful for someone to utter. Can you tell me, come please, please tell me, I want to know. What was it like? Oh, what did it feel like when you got caught up in heaven? Oh God, that was a bit of a, what was the light like? What did the voice of God sound like on the road to Damascus? I'm going to, Seriously, that's what I'm like. If I find someone who's a great leader, I don't care what it's in, I pump them. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm finding out everything you know. I'm going to ask, I'm going to get it all out of here. If I visit old people, I don't care whether they're great successes or not, I pump them for everything. Because even if they were rotten failures, then they could tell me how not to go there. Amen? I'm, I'm seriously. So what I ask business people all the time, so why did you do that? And how does that work? What's it like here? Why did you decide that your coffee shop would just sell coffee? Why didn't you branch out? Why do you think that thing worked? Demas one day gets a bit disappointed. Then he becomes disillusioned. And then distance happens. One day he just goes, now Paul Schmall, whatever. And off he goes. Here's the last thing. First of all, we've got to have right perspective. Then we've got to have endurance. Here's the third thing that you need is commitment to vision's future. Amen? Come on. I hope you're hearing this tonight. Commitment to vision's future. Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power, Jesus said. That's future tense. He never said, hold it, hold your breath, here it comes. He said it's going to come. The price of vision is always up front. There's no afterpay for vision. I wish there was. God, when I'm successful, come back and ask me to pay a price. And God goes, doesn't work like that. I want to show you something quickly. I'm just going to take another couple of minutes. I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, you'll need maths. So those of you who don't like maths, I'll give you the answers. It won't be too hard. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, after that he, capital H, it's Jesus, was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain in the present, but some have fallen asleep or died. So get this, Jesus rises from the dead, 500 people over the next 40 days, 500 people see Jesus. All over Insta. Try to take a picture, but it never showed up. I saw Jesus. 
You saw him too? Yeah, I saw him. Oh, wow, it's incredible. 500 people saw Jesus. 50 days after his resurrection is the day of Pentecost. Let's read Acts 1, verse 15. At the beginning of their gathering, and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether the number of names was about 120. So 500 see him. 40 days later, 120 are left. I don't know about you, my mass is not too bad. I figure that 500 started, 40 days later, 120 are left. That means 380 people never showed up. 380 people had no commitment to Vision's future. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in and they're going, yeah, amen, I'll, pre I'll, I'll preach that. Yes, Jesus, yes. And why is it taking so long? Oh, I got asked to go over there. I got, yeah, I'm all, yeah. Took too long, got distracted. And then the day of Pentecost happens and 380 people are in the crowd looking on at what they could have been a part of. Huh? I don't know about you. I, 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 how many people can say, I want to be in the 120, I don't want to be in the 380 club? Amen. I want to be in the 120 club. I don't want to be in the 380 bunch. Oh, I coulda. I shoulda. I mighta. My wife told me to go home. Commitment Division's future, Genesis 41, verse 43, finishing off the story here about Joseph. And so he set him over all the land of Egypt. He's forgotten two full years. But because this man has got a right perspective, God, you're in charge. Because he's got endurance, because he not only has all of that, but he's got a commitment to vision's future, he gets set over all the land of Egypt. I heard the Holy Spirit say this. I wrote it down when I was praying for this service. Get ready for a vision upgrade. Get ready for a vision upgrade for your life. I believe that God wants to do great things in 2021. I believe He'll do that for those who've got a right perspective to say, I'm going to endure. I'm making a commitment to vision's future in my life. I'm not going to let disappointment take up residence in my life. We want to pray with people both online and in the service. If you say, Jeff, I've been wading through disappointment. And some of you, you, you just go, I got this. That was all I needed. Thank you so much, Jeff. I got that. But there may be others of you who just say, oh, I'd like someone to stand with me and pray and agree with me. We're going to do that. Pastor Bruce, if you'd like to come, he's going to be speaking and praying not only online, but for generally those of us here, myself, Solomon, we're going to be here just praying, believing God. Can we stand together? Team, if you'd come, please. Keys, thank you. And uh, let's just say, God, this is what I want. I'm not going to let disappointment become the thing that determines my tomorrow. 
I'm going to let that go out of my life. Come on. Just everyone stand, please, if you would. If you'd like prayer, then I'm going to leave the mic here. And Pastor Bruce is going to lead us here. Team, we're just going to love God together. Just quietly there as Pastor Bruce prays. And if you say, would you just pray? I'm not going to pray a long time. I'm just going to pray that God will break that off your life. Strengthen you for what He's got in front of you in Jesus' name. Thank you. So Metro Church Online and Church Family here, of course, come forward if you're here in the building. Uh, But uh, to our family online, why don't you just reach out to God right now? Uh, I can't see you, but the Lord can certainly see you. The Holy Spirit knows uh, for your heart. So why don't you just reach out right now, maybe uh, raise a hand or stand up if you've been sitting uh, throughout this part of service. Do something tangible so it's your way of responding to God saying, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you uh, help uh, sow the seeds of this message deep into my heart? Help me to respond to it. Help me to take on board the message uh, that Pastor Jeff has spoken about disappointment. Ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to be praying that, uh, that you will see the disappointment for what it really is and to be able to change that perspective uh, as Pastor Jeff uh, shared about it a few moments uh, earlier throughout this message. So why don't you reach out right now and I'm going to pray right now. The Lord's going to be with you as He is with me. And even if you are uh, joining this service not live, if you're joining us after the event, that's okay because the Holy Spirit will know the exact moment that you're responding to this particular opportunity to be prayed for. So wherever you are, live or after the event, why don't you join with me right now and we're going to pray that God will seal this part of the service and seal this message into your heart. Father God, I thank you for messages like tonight. Lord, I pray for every person that is responding to you. You know their response. You know their their raised hand. Uh, Maybe they've uh, seated standing. They're responding in some way, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will seal the message. You will speak specifically to every single person what they need to get out of this message, the things that you want them to take on board, the things that you're going to be helping them to change and to shift in their mind. Lord, I pray that you will bring about that change. You will bring about that release. You will bring about uh, that ability to leave some things behind, Lord God. You'll give them that clarity to be able to see perspective, to see the falsehoods that perhaps were spoken over their lives, maybe to accept some of the truths, but to be able to reach out to you and to move onwards and forwards into the things that you have for them, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will give every single person the courage to sign up for the cost. You'll give every person the courage to sign up for the price, to to step forward into that that you have for them, Lord God, believing, Father God, that you will bring about all that you want into their lives, Lord God. I thank you for all that you have for every single person in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So
Father, we believe that. Lord, we believe that for this year that lies in front of us. There is nothing about this year that you don't know. There's nothing about this year that's out of your control. There's nothing about this year that the enemy has power over. Lord, we thank you and give you praise tonight that you are going to take us forward into all that you have for us. God, I pray that this will be a year of fresh vision in so many lives. Where people have been tired by the battles or by just not much going on. Lord, would you refresh them with fresh vision? We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, if you're a part of this service, whether you're here in the building or you're online, you have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Saviour of your life. 
You know, He's already Lord, but He can become Lord of your life. What do, what do I mean by that? Well, Lord means someone who's in charge. He was always Lord before I made Him Lord of my life. It's just that I never got to experience His guidance. I never got to know what it was like to feel the safety of God and the comfort of God around my life until I said yes to Jesus. Until I handed over, as it were, the reins of my life and said, God, I'm giving it to you. If I took you back all those years ago to the 19-year-old me, and if I told you all the messed up bits of my life, some of you would be surprised. So I didn't come to God going, God, I'm, I've really got this sus now. I think I had more questions than I had answers. I had a lot more doubts than I had faith. So you say, well, what happened then? I go, I said, yes. Simple as that. I could tell you where I was. I could tell you how it happened. I said yes to Jesus. Jesus is the Saviour, not you. If you could save yourself, you would have done it. He's the Saviour, that's why you need Him. And all it takes is your yes. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, for people right now, I know, Lord, that many people on Facebook Live or on YouTube or in this building, there'll be people in every place that you are waiting outside the door of their heart for them to say yes. I pray for them. Jesus, would you touch them? Holy Spirit, let them know right now this is for them. This is you. It's not mind over matter. It's not some, you know, charisma thing. It's you speaking to them. Let them know that you've been waiting for them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've said yes to Jesus in your heart right now, or while you're a part of this service, then I want you to just say that yes to God. If you're in Australia, you can say yes by texting yes, Y-E-S. 0488826392 It comes to us It's not going to anywhere else It's not another church It's not another organisation It's nobody But us Metro Church And we would love to send you After you do it People do it all week long Literally My staff tell me They say You've got two more yes texts today While the service was on Yes texts came in I don't know their names we don't do anything with their number apart from use it to send you back a Bible verse and a prayer every day for 30 days. You can opt out if you want, but most people, I think hardly anyone ever has. They tell me what a, a wonderful experience it is every day to have a Bible verse for them and a prayer that they can make theirs. As they start to grow with God, there's many series after that if you want it. We'll never write and ask you for money. That's not our thing. We want to help you. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get that via email, then send your yes at yes.metrochurch.org.org.au and we'll do the same for you and send that to you. God bless you. Can we just give all those people a big hand? I know that people send their yes in. Thank you, Lord. Well, what a great, great night.